0: Welcome to the Resurrection People podcast with Preston Sharp, pastor of Sacrament Church in Nashville, Tennessee, and curator of The Art of Preaching. Each week, we look at three readings from the Bible drawn from the Revised Common Lectionary. Find more at theartofpreaching.substack.com. Welcome back to the Resurrection People podcast. Today, we are looking at our Old Testament reading from Deuteronomy 34, 1 through 12. And in this reading, Moses ascends to the mountain, which is usually emblematic for a prophet speaking to God. And it's on the mountain that God shows Moses the whole of the promised land, which is interesting because we'll see that Moses himself will not actually enter the promised land. And it's clear that this story is connected to God's original calling of Abraham and Abraham's family in Genesis. Remember, he promised them a land. This is the land that was promised to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and God has let Moses see it, even though Moses will not enter the land. So Moses has gone all this way. He's been the people's leader, but he won't go any further. In fact, in chapter 30, he's just laid out for the people the paths that are in front of them. They can choose life or death blessings or curses, obedience to God, or a life that leads to emptiness and destruction. And then, at this point, Moses is taken up on the mountain so that he can see the promised land, and then he dies. Now, of course, present in this reading is a word of judgment. We see elsewhere that because of the incident at Meribah, where Moses struck the rock, rather than trusting God to do what God told him to do, which was speaking to the rock, Moses will not lead the people into the promised land. But the focus here doesn't seem to be on judgment. The emphasis just simply seems to be the, the mortality of Moses, that his tasks are now completed and it's time for Israel to have new leadership. If anything, this is God giving Moses a great gift, showing him his faithfulness. What God promised to Moses and to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob before him has now come to pass. It says that Moses is buried in the valley, so the narrative doesn't imagine Moses like ascending or dying in any special place. He's buried down below, just like everyone else is. Still, there is some mystery surrounding Moses's death. No one knows exactly where he was buried. And an even more mysterious question: Who wrote this whole thing? <laughs> uh, Hebrew commentators imagine that it could have been Joshua. Others imagine that God himself dictated to Moses and Moses is writing this through tears. Still, the use of until this day, so it says that, that um, there's not been a prophet like Moses even up until this day and no one knows to where he's buried up until this day. This takes the story from its original setting to a setting of its hearers, which would have been many generations later. The narrative says that Moses was 120 years old when he died. Now, this is kind of a typological number, and it represents the extreme limit of human life. So Moses' life is divided into three sections of 40 years, 40 years in Egypt, 40 years in Midian until his return to Egypt, and 40 years as the leader of Israel in the wilderness. As someone who's about to turn 40 years old in about a month here, I am thankful that it only represents the first third, the very beginning of Moses's life. (laughs) God has raised up a new leader for the people of Israel, and his name is Joshua, son of Nun. The narrative is clear that he was filled with the spirit of wisdom. Because Moses laid his hands on him. So we see this pattern from the earliest days that this is how leadership was passed down through the physical acts of hands being laid. And it seems that God's spirit tends to follow this practice. As we said last week, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. saw his own life as a bit of an analogy with Moses. His very last speech before he was assassinated was called, was a sermon and it was titled, I have been to the mountaintop. Some look at his life and see this sermon as a prophecy, that somehow he knew he wouldn't make it. He had a suspicion that white supremacy would take his life before he could see the new world that God was creating in front of him. King sees what is ahead, and he says all he wants to do is God's will. King recognizes that there is grace in seeing what is to come. In fact, the seeing itself is grace. Now, I don't know about you, but when I used to hear this story in Sunday school growing up, I used to just think, what a heartbreaking thing this must have been for Moses, that he made it all the way to the edge of the promised land, but didn't make it in. But Moses is an old man. He's completed his journey. And even though he stumbled along the way, he has been faithful to see it through. And now, by God's grace and God's gift, he is able to see the fruit of what God has done through him all the way from Egypt to that moment. In the Christian life, God gives us glimpses of what's to come. We're called to celebrate those glimpses. And another thing that we see here very clearly is all of us are limited. That even the greatest prophets are limited mortal creatures. At the end of the day, this is not a story about Moses. This is and always has been a story about God. In a similar way, we see Dr. King didn't eliminate racism, but he carried the mission faithfully. Each of us is limited. When we get to the end of ourselves, we need to trust that there is someone else who needs to take it from here. Seeing the limitations of our life is a gift. It means I can't do it on my own. God is the hero of my story and will always be the hero of the world's story. This also means that we have to uh, think differently about our leaders in our world. As Christians, our hope is not in a leader, elected or otherwise. Our hope is not in a political movement. Our hope is not ultimately in a religious leader. Our hope is in the one true God. Because all empires end, all political movements fade out, all good people eventually die. But the good news is that God will always care for his people. In this story, we see that the baton is passed from Moses to Joshua. When Moses dies, there is truly another faithful leader who takes up the cause. God's mission goes forward without Moses. God's mission will go forward when our time of earthly faithfulness is complete. Now, this is not to say there's nothing unique about Moses. The reading is clear that there is. At the time of the writing, the author says, since then, no prophet has risen in Israel like Moses. Why? Because, he says, Moses knew God face to face. Moses, therefore, from here on out, carries this definitive authority even into the author's time and beyond. Of course, the Christian also sees a foreshadowing in today's reading. The new leader's name is Joshua, or Yeshua. This is really the same word as the name Jesus. Perhaps one theme of this reading is the necessity of endings. Like Moses, each of our lives will one day come to an end. Yet God is not dependent on our ability to keep things going. God is always faithful and will be faithful from generation to generation, and he has shown his faithfulness ultimately in Jesus with each passing generation. I think there's always natural concern among Christians for the kids. (laughs) Will the faith pass on? Will we pass the faith on faithfully? There's always some collective hand wringing. There's polls about how many people have left the church and the changes culturally that are going on. And I'm not trying to downplay that, but we ask, will the church survive the next generation? What happens if the kids go off track? And each generation must remember afresh that the healing and restoration of the world does not depend on our leadership or even on our ability to lay a strong foundation. Anything good we've ever been able to do is participation in God's story by grace. We are dependent on God's faithfulness, not on our own faithfulness. No matter how much good we do in this life, We are still only faithful stewards of this story where God is the main character. Where our humanity is limited, when we are flawed, when we come to the end of ourselves, we trust in the one who will take us the rest of the way. Thanks for listening to the Resurrection People podcast. Subscribe, rate, and review to help us get the word out. You can hear full sermons at sacramentchurch.com and find out more at the artofpreaching.substack.com.